Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan, and together we're taking you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And Jamie, after a pretty quiet spring, for good reason of course, a lot of people have finally been getting back outside. I know that I've been out a couple times, um, going out more all the time, and you've been getting out around the area too, right? Yeah, I've been out, I've done, you know... A number of activities. I'm trying to, my goal is to have, uh, in terms of activity level, no weekends where I am purely homebound and I'm, I'm outside doing something at least one of the days. I think that's a good goal. Jim, I don't, I don't know about you, but like, I have not felt totally in shape going back outside. <laughs> it's been a little tough, um, you know, hiking or, you know, when I took a backpacking trip, it's my body has not been quite where I'm used to it being this time of year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of folks by what, by July, they're feeling pretty good. They've gotten a couple bigger trips under their belt. The snow, you know, is melted out uh, from some of their favorite trails up in the mountains, and they're ready to get after it. And this year, I think folks are probably a little far behind, uh, I'd have to guess. I know that we're not alone in feeling a little out of shape following yeah, what has been a pretty sedentary spring. So today we decided to gather up some tips on how to become a stronger hiker just in time for the summer hiking season to begin. Yeah, and we've got 10 of these on the list. And and I think they break down pretty nicely, you know, to things you do before you hit the trail, things to keep in mind uh, while you're out hiking. And one maybe uh, to keep in mind when you reach that summit or that viewpoint or whatever it might be. One or two of those too. So, uh, Jamie, why don't we dive right in? Let's do it. Jim, number one on the list, I think, is a no-brainer, and that is to hydrate. So, I mean, obviously, as with any other physical activity or just living life, hydration is super important. And I, for me, what I do like to do is not just hydrate while I'm out hiking, but to hydrate the day before. I want to wake up the next morning already hydrated and to make sure I have enough water with me to 
stay hydrated afterwards as well. Yeah. I mean, what do you say, Jamie, before almost every time before we start recording this podcast, what, what do you do? I take a drink of water. Yeah, exactly. Water, tea, something. I mean, you want to perform your best on the podcast? <laughs> you got to hydrate. You want to feel good on the trail? You got to hydrate. Yeah, that's right. Anyone who spends a lot of time with me, they know like the one water bottle that I just have by my side in my possession, like an inordinate amount of the time, actually, for a simple Nalgene water bottle, the amount of use I've gotten out of like the sub $10 purchase <laughs> on this water bottle, spend a lot of time with it. It's sitting right beside me right now here in my closet home recording studio. But yeah, you know, hydrate. You want to feel good if you go on a afternoon run after work gotta hydrate. If you want to feel good on the trail, hydrate. Podcast, hydrate. The second half of that is, you know, you can be hydrated all you want, but also eat well, right? Mm -hmm. Jamie, you and I both, we fall victim to the occasional, let's say, less than aspirational cooking, as as has been documented (laughs) in an episode of the podcast uh, about camp cooking with our friend Samantha Bacall. And if you folks haven't listened to that, Go back in your feed and find it because it's one of my favorites in, in quite some time. Samantha was very fun, very fun to have on the show. But get something good in your body. You know, garbage in, garbage out, I think is kind of the phrase, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You want to put something good in there so you can perform reasonably well. And like I said, with hydration, I think it's super important to eat well the night before. I always make sure I have a, a good meal for dinner the night before I go out hiking or backpacking. And then I have a good Lighter, but still nutritious breakfast the morning of, you know, Mm -hmm. get those vegetables in, get those carbs in, get that protein in. You really want to make sure that you already have good fuel in your body when you're going out. If you eat a bunch of junk food the night before, you're going to feel it when you're out in the trail. I know I have. I've had that experience and it's not fun. But if you eat well and then you get back out there, you you know you're going to have a good time. It's going to be easier. Your body's going to feel better. And so, Jamie, this begs the question. What is like your trail snack of choice? What's in your pocket? What's in that like easy to reach flap in your backpack where you're going after it every time you take a break? I have these uh, meal bars. I think it's called a pro bar and it is basically compressed fruit or um, I think brown rice. Um, it's a bunch of compressed stuff into a meal bar. Um, they come in like little these orange packages um, you can buy them at new seasons or lots of places, but it's just a bunch of like nutrients, protein, all packed together in a bar. And for me, it's that convenience. Um, it's that nutrition. It's easy because Jim, I don't like to take a lot of breaks when I'm on the trail. I don't like mm-hmm. to do a lot of stopping. And maybe that's because a lot of times I'm hiking for work mm-hmm. where I kind of, I, time is of the essence and I'm really trying to get up and down, but I, I like to have something that's, that's quick and easy and is also nutritious. Um, trail mix also, just a bag of trail mix, you know, some good old raisins and peanuts or something a little bit fancier is another staple for me. What about you, Jim? Like what's it. your, what's your go-to like trail it. snack? So are you going to judge me if I just say like pocket candy right now? No. Like <laughs> just, I want some candy in my pocket, uh, is basically my deal. Like my buds who I spend time in the mountains with, they, they pretty much know, that I can be counted on for some sort of like, we're talking peach rings, we're talking sour gummy worms, we're talking gummy bear. 
uh, if we're feeling fancy, we're we're talking Sour Patch Kids, maybe. But I'm I'm less inclined on the name brand stuff. If we're being honest, more inclined on the one dollar bags because that's my style. But yeah, that's the stuff that I like to just keep that in the pocket, keep it handy, and just go for it because you know all these fancy goos and gels and stuff to keep you moving in the mountains. I mean, I haven't done the research, but it seems an awful lot like a gummy bear. Uh, that's just me. So, uh, I can tell myself that I'm sure if you actually look at the packaging, there's different stuff in there or whatever, but I like some gummies and that's what I'm going after. But I mean, of course I have the like better for you stuff as well, but in terms of easy access, man, got to go with the candy. (laughs) I don't know. That's maybe not, not where you expect me to go with that. Or maybe it was, that was neither here nor there. Not not where you expected. No, it sure wasn't. (laughs) Uh, but you know what? Hey, no judgments here to each his own, um, you know, pocket candy. That can be one of the things that you, you know, you throw in your bag and you stay prepared, which takes the 11th essential, Jamie, the 11th, the 11th essential, which takes us into number three on this list, which is to show up prepared. Make sure you bring your 10 essentials with you. So, I mean, we can put a link to this in the show notes, but we're talking about sun protection. We're talking about extra layers of clothing, first aid kit you know, water and food, like we said, you really want to make sure you have all the things you need with you um, in case you do hurt yourself or you cut yourself on a thorn and it, you know, you need a little bit of first aid or something like that. You really want to make sure that you are giving yourself all the tools necessary while you're out there. That's just going to make you a better hiker. It's going to make you feel more confident and it's, it's going to make sure that you can get to the end safely and happily. And and bringing the things, one of the things I think is important is, you know, folks, it's not a kitchen sink thing where you got to bring everything you own for every single hike. Packing that bag is my personal opinion, packing the bag based on the objective. And, you know, you can maybe pack a little bit differently for a, a hike to the top of Multnomah Falls from the parking lot. You know, it's cl- currently closed, but than you would for a two-day backpacking trip in terms of the first aid and the amount of water and the kinds of extra clothing that you might have. The rule of the road is be prepared when you're out there. Show up with the things you need for your hike. And part of preparation too, Jamie, is four on our list, which is stretching and personal preparation. So whatever it is that you do when you wake up in the morning or do when you get out of your car at the trailhead or roll out of your tent in the morning, The things that are going to allow you, like you said, to perform in a way that you're happy with and is going to make you feel your best self. That's a stretching routine. That's maybe taking a moment like I know you like to do to meditate or to go through a personal process. It's going to allow you to be in a position to enjoy your time on the trail and to make the most of it. Yeah, I think stretching is super important, um, especially as I'm getting older. You know, I, I still consider myself, you know, a younger person, you know, at 32, but I'm already feeling my body start to struggle with certain aspects of hiking. You know, for a while it was, um, my hamstrings would get tight, um, and I'd injure them and I would end up with just some real pain behind my knees as I was hiking. So now I really make sure before I go hiking, I've got my little three-step stretching routine um, to stretch my legs primarily every time before I go hiking. It really just makes sure that your your body's loose. You know, you're making sure that when you're stepping over logs or when you're hiking downhill or 
doing any of the number of things that your body goes through while you're walking on a trail and making sure that you're prepared for it. And while you're out on the trail, unless you're, I don't know, on a really grinding run or something where you need a little extra motivation, I like to take out the earbuds personally. Oh, take them out. Take them out. I'm big on I, this. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you take that then. This sounds like a passion point for you. This is. And, and I will also amend this to say, turn the music off of your phone. Don't bring your portable speakers. And it's not just because those things are, you know, um, annoying for other hikers. Um, or earbuds, you know, that's like a personal thing. I got music going, you know, or your podcast, whatever the case may be. And I get that that might be enjoyable. That might be helpful for you. But I think when you're out in nature, especially, it's really important to keep your wits about you, to stay aware of mm. what's going on in the forest or the desert or whatever the case may be around you. If you have your earbuds in, you're not hearing that. And I really think it's important to just keep your focus and keep your awareness high. So, you know, if an animal comes onto the trail or if someone's coming up behind you, um, things like this, you just really want to make sure that you're, you're aware of what's going on in, in the environment around you. Because this is, you know, a lot of times an inherently risky activity to do going hiking. So leave the earbuds out leave the music at home and just make sure you're aware of, of your surroundings and what's happening. I, th I think that is a very valid thing to say. I think also a lot of people would push back against that notion because they find inspiration or distraction or whatever it may be in their music or in the ability to listen into a podcast or whatever, you know, the Pacific crest trail hikers among us, the ultra marathon runners, the, you know, the folks who are really grinding their way up a mountain and just are putting their head down and pushing through it. But I think your message stands of like, hey, you are in nature. And if you do have your earbuds in, keep it quiet so you can still hear the world around you and not just be in your own bubble. It's, you know, it, it's not the gym. I, I yeah. guess I'll say that, you know, it's not an, a closed, safe environment. Um, and I, I really think that it's important to remember that you are in a lot of times in wild places, um, where, you know, a bear could come across your path and you need to make sure you're aware of that and by cutting out your, your hearing, you're cutting out a lot of some of your other senses as well. So just again, with all of these, it's not like, you know, you must do these things, yeah. but these are things that, you know, if you want to become a stronger hiker, you really want to get back on your game. These are some, some tips to really making sure that you're getting the most out of your experience. Fair. Jamie, the next one on our list is find your breath. And this is something I'm also going to defer to you on because I know you're big in the like mindfulness realm, meditation and stuff like that. I want to hear what you have to say. This is more physical. So, I mean, I think with a lot of this stuff, you can pretty much say, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. That that comes to hydrating, to eating well, um, to stretching. And when you're hiking, I think a lot of people have trouble with, you know, the exertion of it. Um, and I, you know, people who tell me like, oh, I just really want to be able to climb this, mm -hmm. you know, this higher mountain or go farther in this trail. You know, how can I go about doing this? I tell them just focus on your breathing. It, I, for me, at least that's, it's all about the breathing. And if you can fall into that rhythm of that breath, when you're climbing that trail, you're climbing up a mountain if you can fall into rhythm with that breath and find that place, then you kind of fall into a zone, you know, if you will. 
where you can just keep pushing through and you're just kind of with that rhythm of the breath. I don't know, Jim, is this something that you have experienced as well? I mean, one of the things that I try to focus on is just like very being intentional with my steps and the breathing that coincides with that. Um, When you can actually like when you're really digging deep and let's say you're on a seemingly endless slope uphill and you're just, you know, it's one step in front of the other relentlessly for quite a long time of trying to think about, okay, I'm keeping good posture with this. I'm engaging the right muscles. I'm breathing in the right way. I'm focusing my breath to the right, you know, I don't even know that I go that far, but trying to focus on the right things, I guess. And part of that is your breath. I I think that's, I think that's, that, that's something that not a lot of us think about when we're just going about our daily lives of tuning into our bodies of really feeling breath go into your lungs Mm -hmm. and feeling your lungs contract and, you know, deflate with it. I think it's just uh, when you're out there, I think this is one of the best opportunities to do that kind of Mm -hmm. work and, and maintain that kind of awareness is when you're out on the trail and there's not a lot of distractions around you and you're doing something physical with your body. You can really feel Mm -hmm. into what are my muscles doing? How does my body feel? How are my bones? How are my hips? And I think one of the most important things there is how is my breath? Mm -hmm. How am I getting oxygen into my body right now? Just feel into that, you know? And I think that's, it takes a little bit of practice maybe, but I know for me, at least that, that just really took my hiking to a whole other level was just being aware of the breath and finding that rhythm of breathing into it. Mm-hmm. Now we're, you know, I don't think about it so much. It's just sort of falling into that rhythm again. Um, and that pushes you further and farther up the mountain. Yeah. And and I will say it's one of the things, now that I think about it a bit more, I've focused on with running a lot too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I tend to be a little bit of a mouth breather, which is like maybe a weird thing to say on the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> no, that, but, that's right you know, Trying to focus on, in and out through the nose as best I can at a slow pace or in through the nose, out through the mouth, if I'm going faster or whatever. Um, I can't tell you what's best. I'm not a trained runner. Um, I didn't mean to say that with disdain. I'm, I'm just not someone who, uh, you know, knows that sphere very well. So uh, anyway, number seven on the list, Jamie, is know your limits. So let's say you see this absolutely gorgeous mountain view on your buddy's Instagram account and your buddy, well, look, he's been out all summer long. He's actually been working on a trail crew and he's in really good shape and he can just plod his way up to this viewpoint in one day. No big deal. Maybe fresh off the couch, been quarantining at my house in the city Maybe that person shouldn't go and try to do the same thing in a day. You know, that may be beyond their limit. Well, maybe let's work our way up, which is something we're going to get to here in a little bit. Walk before you run. As Sam Bacall told us on our episode about camp cooking, it's the same kind of idea. Mm -hmm. You know, just like you wouldn't go from hot dogs to oysters, you don't necessarily go from neighborhood walks to climbing a mountain. Mm -hmm. work your way up. I think knowing your limits is really all about when you've gone too far, if you're on the trail, if you're already there and you've reached a point where you're exhausted, you need to be able to say, 
I know I really want to go to the end, but I can't do this right now. Mm-hmm. I need to turn around, take care of myself and come back and try again another day. Yeah. I think we've all been guilty of pushing ourselves a little bit too far. I know I certainly have. Um, and I've, you know, paid the price for it a couple of times, just being completely wrecked afterwards. Yeah, we've, ta- we've talked about some of that here on the show. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we all know roughly where some of our limits are, but there's value, of course, in pushing that and, and mm-hmm. trying to strive for more. But I think a lot of it starts at home. You know, let's say you haven't been on a hike this year that's longer than five or six miles. That gorgeous 18-mile out and back with 4,500 feet of elevation gain might be the right hike for someone to push themselves, but it might be way too much for somebody else. Uh, We all have different limits, and that planning starts at home before you set out, and it starts with what time you hit the trailhead, what kind of gear you bring. All of those things factor into what your limit is. There's there's no shame in saying... This is too much. That's perfectly yeah. fine. And it's, you know, it takes, I think, honestly, a lot of courage to say that. Yeah. I think, I think all of us should aspire to get to that point when we can say enough is enough. Uh, the next tip on the list is to work your way up. So if you really want to climb Mount St. Helens, but you know, man, that's a pretty grueling thing to do. Maybe it's time to first go out and do a hike that's strenuous, but maybe not that long. Maybe doesn't have any snow maybe a little bit more forgiving of a climate to maybe set a goal and work toward it. Walk, not run. I love that. And Jim, I would, I would also add that if you're going to be doing something like summiting a mountain to make sure that you get the proper skills and training yeah. ahead of time, don't go up there without the knowing what you're getting yourself into and without being prepared for it. You know, that would have been a fun episode for this spring if things were more uh, quote unquote normal. Uh, kind of a what you need to know before you go try to climb some mountains or where you should start. It's a story I've actually wanted to do for a couple of years and have never gotten around to it. But maybe we'll cover that someday, Jamie. I think there's another spring, another spring coming. That that is true. It's quite a ways away, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's put it on the mental list. Jamie, number nine, uh, skipping the trail beer. Tell me more. Look, I, I've had a trail beer. I love a trail beer. You get to the summit, you get to your lake or whatever, you crack open that can of IPA or whatever you have in your backpack. It makes a nice, refreshing way to end your hike or to get to the middle point or whatever the case may be. And again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be drinking beer in the trail. You know, this is a sort of a, a time honored tradition in Oregon. But if, you know, you're, you're working on becoming a stronger hiker, Boozing it up on the trail certainly does not help. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, you see people have a trail beer up there. I just don't drink very much. So it's not something that I think always to have with me. And let's be honest, I'm a stickler for weight. And if I want to carry a beer for myself, (laughs) a beer for my friend, maybe a beer for my other friend, eh, one more just in case. That's what I would refer to as a lot of extra weight. And then you got four cans. Or two cans if it's just you and someone else. Or one can if it's you. I don't know. I'm not trying to hump that up there. Sorry. Uh, no trail beers for me most of the time. I mean, when you're out hiking and maybe you're on a trail that's, you know, up on these cliffs above the gorge or on Mount Hood, adding alcohol to that mixture is naturally going to make you a little less aware 
um, a little less physically capable. Um, obviously, if you know the trail well and you're used to it, that might not be the case. Um, if for folks who are bringing a beer or bringing a joint up there, you're naturally going to be just a little more inebriated, which makes hiking a little bit more difficult. And when it comes to just the physical action of hiking, your body is not going to respond as well and as strongly when it's under the influence of alcohol or cannabis or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Have I had a a drink up on a mountain? Of course I have. Is it something I regularly do? No. I can enjoy the experience. Equally so, more so, whatever. I don't need the beer uh, to make it a great time. So that's our 10th tip, which is get out there and enjoy yourself. Yeah, this is something that is so important. Be having a good time. If you don't like it, look, hiking's not for everyone, okay? I love hiking. It is a part of what I do and what makes me happy, but that's not true for everyone. For me, it's it's similar to like running, right? I really dislike running. Wait, you don't like to go running, Jamie? (laughs) No, right? And so I reached that point when I was like, if I don't like this, I'm not going to do it anymore. And I think that should be true for hiking as well. If you love it and you just struggle a little bit, yeah, work your way up there. You know, follow some of these tips and and work your way up to to that point where you feel a little bit stronger. But if you're trying to go out hiking, maybe because you see people on Instagram doing it or you have friends who do it or people on dating apps do it, and but you don't actually like to do it, then just don't. You know, there's no reason to push yourself into an activity that you don't enjoy because you feel like maybe you should. Enjoy the experience when you're out there. And if you can't enjoy the experience, then don't push yourself to do that. Find another way to make yourself happy. Yeah, find a tweak on that experience. Maybe all your friends are going backpacking. Backpacking is a little much for me. But I can go on a day hike uh, halfway on the first day with you guys and just drive separately. Totally. Or whatever it might be to make sure you're maximizing your time outside. Well, it's, of course, good exercise to be out there. you can get that good exercise in a gym. So you want to make sure that you're doing things outside that are enjoyable for you. Jim, we're going to talk some more about becoming a stronger hiker. Maybe throw out a few other little tips and tricks of our own right after a quick break. All right, folks, we are back. And, you know, Jim, when it comes to folks who are wanting to become stronger hikers, it's not just people like you and I who have been spending a spring a little bit more sedentary than we're used to. You know, there's a lot of people who move out here to the Pacific Northwest who maybe have never gone hiking before or not very often, but who see just the beauty and the enjoyment in it and want to get started, want to get into it. Maybe their body isn't quite used to that activity or they're just not used to knowing what to do. So that's what I think I hear a lot from people is how do you get started? How do I get into this to in the first place? I mean, that's a, honestly, it's a great question. And I think you could take that in any number of directions. I mean, the place I have gained a lot of my outdoor knowledge is through my friends through people who do this stuff avidly and, you know, whether it's going skiing or rock climbing or some of the other activities I like to do, I've picked up a mix of formal and informal knowledge. So 
Maybe my buddies taught me a couple things, and then I went and took a class to learn some other skills or back them up or really get a solid foundation. Or maybe you get an introduction to something like uh, kayaking for the first time uh, from a friend, and you're able to slowly gain enough skills where you feel confident enough. We're like, you know what? I'm going to plan my own kayaking trip. Um, I'm going to rent a boat. I'm going to do this myself because I feel good to go now. Hiking maybe doesn't have as many tangible skills as, say, learning how to rock climb or ski or go kayaking. But it really helps to have some folks you can lean on to help introduce you, right, to the trails, Mm -hmm. to the area, to maybe the things you got to bring, maybe some things you can borrow to make it financially easier to get out on the trail. I don't know, Jamie, what do you think? I think that that's an incredibly good point. There's so many communities around here, whether it be Facebook groups or communities organized through different ways, organizations um, to help you do that. Now, I I will say that those aren't for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, myself when I first moved back out to Oregon um, back in 2012, I hadn't gone hiking. I was one of these people. I was born here, but when I was growing up in the Philadelphia suburbs, there were not places to go hiking in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Okay. There was not opportunities for me to gain these skills and for my body to, to gain that. So when I came out here, I'm not really a person who might go join a community or I didn't really know anyone in the area to lean on. So for folks who maybe don't have those resources or who maybe don't feel as comfortable about seeking them out, I think what we said about working your way up is a really great way to approach it. And just starting out small is, I think, the best way to go. Obviously, if, you, if you're if you not accustomed to hiking, a 10-mile hike, a 14-mile hike, uh, a climb up Mountain Hood is obviously not where you want to start. So start in just the flatter mm-hmm. hikes, maybe some of the ones that um, are just two or three miles. Stuff we've talked about on previous episodes, um, things that are family-friendly are always a great guess. And if you go for something that's either easy or moderate, you can really start to work your way up to some of those hikes that are maybe a little bit more difficult. So start small, work your way up and listen to your body. I'm going to say it again, Jim, Mm -hmm. you really need to just listen to your body. If your knees are starting to hurt, stop and take a look at maybe what, what's going on, what you're doing that are making your knees hurt. You know, if your legs are super sore or if you're just really tired that day, don't push yourself. I think it's so important just to take care of your body and to listen to it when you're out there doing this, because again, we're out in nature. It's not like a going to the gym. So work your way up, you know, and, and give yourself a break and don't expect too much of yourself from the get go. I think that's, that's really where it starts. Yeah. And, and I mean, the amount that you can access via an easy or a moderate trail Jamie, you can accomplish a ton here in the Pacific Northwest on that. I mean, just a couple miles from the trailhead, there is all sorts of gorgeous stuff. You can, you know, work your way partway up mountains. You can probably find your way to the top of some gorgeous viewpoints. You can access waterfalls, lakes. I mean, the terrain here, as nearly everyone who listens to this podcast knows... The Northwest is an absolutely beautiful place. And regardless of how hard you want to push it, how big you want to go, how many miles you want to hike, you can find something really cool 
to fit your itinerary and your ability levels and your comfort mostly. Yeah, and I'll say that the, the Columbia River Gorge is one of the best training grounds for any level of hiking because the gorge has pretty much everything. It has flat trails that just go a few miles. It has nice rolling hills, has those waterfalls like you mentioned, and there's some hikes in there that people use to train to go mountain climbing because they're so ridiculously steep. So I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people go to the gorge, um, aside from it's just sheer natural beauty. Um, but I know for me personally, that's that's where I got into hiking shape to begin with, was just going out to some of these hikes on Hamilton Mountain or, you know, Dog Mountain's a good one to really start pushing yourself a little bit more. Um, Columbia Hills, you know, Eagle Creek, when that reopens, is a great mm-hmm. place to do some hiking. So there's plenty of spots all over. And obviously we were throwing recommendations out on the podcast here pretty regularly, but there's so many resources online and on OregonLive.com slash travel. We're throwing this stuff out there all the time as well. So just keep your, your eyes out and just, I think just go out there, you know, just go out there and enjoy it. And, you know, like we said, just push yourself a little bit, but know your limits, take care of yourself listen to your body, and I think you can have a great time. And uh, we want this podcast to be as helpful as it can be. We're here to help you spend your time in the coolest possible way, right? Uh, at least that's what I would like to think. So absolutely, shoot us a message. Leave us a voicemail. You know, we've shouted out our podcast hotline a million times, but I'll do it one more time just because <laughs> that number is 503-221-4345 again 503-221-4345 send us a voice memo to podcasts at oregonian.com hit us up on twitter or instagram you know we're here to help and for anyone who wants to start getting out or maybe uh pick off something a little bit more ambitious or different than what they're used to let us know and we'll try to point you in the right direction. Jim, I got to say, when I was out there hiking on Mount Hood this week, I finally got to that point when I was doing hiking that felt like a little bit challenging, but that my body was ready for it. And it was such a good feeling. It felt like the culmination of these early summer struggles all of a sudden. It was a beautiful moment. Summer is here and uh, there's a lot of ground to cover, Jamie. So, um, Until next time, folks, you can subscribe to this here podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Watch our videos on The Oregonian's YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. This episode of the podcast was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.